to another episode of the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor, recovering perfectionist. Having thrived in a male-dominated, commission-based industry, I'm passionate about helping women boldly pursue their life goals. In this space, we build confidence with our mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. I believe that your life manifests as a result of who you are, not what you do, and that your personality creates your personal reality. Join this growing community to increase your net worth by increasing your self-worth. Now let's jump into today's topic. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome back to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Today's episode is a little different than what you've experienced before, because in today's episode, I am coming with an energy that you may not have received from me before, and I'm also talking about something that I haven't talked about much on this podcast. So today's topic is all about how I go about manifestation when I'm experiencing depression. So for those of you who have listened to me before, you probably already know that I am diagnosed and struggle with ADHD, and I have my entire life. (laughs) And so what that means is that I often struggle with producing dopamine and getting enough of that throughout the day. And so sometimes I, actually, I don't want to say I, because my being, my soul is not depressed. This body is experiencing depression. So sometimes this body has this experience of feeling depressed. And when that happens, it makes it difficult for me to have the motivation to show up to the podcast and bring you guys new episodes. And it also keeps me from showing up to the podcast because I feel like I'm not in the right energy, the right headspace when this body is experiencing this emotion. And so I I hesitate to produce episodes when this body is feeling this way. And heads up, I never know when it's coming and going. So that might be why you may not see an episode from me for several weeks and then all of a sudden I put out a few and then you may not hear from me for another month or so. As much as I would love to be consistent, I struggle with this chemical, this hormonal imbalance, and I don't always have the ability to show up to the mic in the way that I want to. At the same time, I've been reflecting a lot about what it means to show up to the mic and what it means to deliver the right kind of energy to you guys. And what I realized is that I have been making that decision for you. I have been saying, this energy is not good for them. This energy is not great for the podcast. So I'm going to wait until I'm in a better state. Instead of you deciding whether or not you want that energy or you're giving consent to that kind of episode. And the whole reason this came up, and the whole reason I decided to hop on the mic, even though this body is still experiencing depression, is because I had a great session with my therapist earlier this week, and we were talking about this, and I told her how I hadn't, I have not been as consistent lately with the podcast because I have to wait for the right energy to strike. I have to wait until I feel motivated. I have to wait until there's enough dopamine in my body that I can show up to the mic in a way and in an energy that would resonate with you all. And when I'm not feeling that way, and when I'm experiencing these more negative emotions, I feel like a fraud. I don't feel like I'm embodying the messages and living and walking my own talk. 
because if I'm not experiencing happiness and joy right now and feeling like everything is going the way I want it to, then how can I communicate to you that you can create that kind of life for yourself, right? And as I'm talking about this with my therapist, she mentioned something and it's been stuck in my head for the past few days and it's why I decided to sit down today and record this. And her comment to me was, what kind of mentors do you typically resonate with more? Those that only show you themselves when they're in a good place or those that also share themselves when they're not? And I think you all know the answer to that or I wouldn't be here. (laughs) And the answer for me was that, of course, I love the mentors where I've heard them speak about the shit they've gone through. I've, I've heard them even when they're in the thick of it. I don't think anyone wants the perfectly glittered up version of someone all the time because honestly it's not very relatable that's not my life (laughs) as much as I would love to say that my life is always this beautiful sparkly thing that's not reality and the truth is that's not really what we're trying to manifest we're trying to manifest lives that feel full and they're filled with love And those two things do not contradict having moments and experiences like depression. And I think we have to be careful, myself included, this has been a huge wake-up call for me this week, and we have to be clear about our expectations for manifestation. Because I think that a lot of people, again, myself included here. I am numero uno, exhibit A, (laughs) when I talk about these issues. We get it in our head that as we manifest the life that we want, that life is going to be perfect. It will have excitement and happiness and joy, and we won't experience the negative emotions like overwhelm, depression, frustration, etc. But that's not reality. We can't manifest a life without those emotions because that's so embedded in the human experience. So I really wanted to talk about this topic today because with spiritual bypassing, so many influencers, my past self included, I'm guilty of saying this on past episodes, have claimed that being high vibe is the only way to manifest the life you want. But we cannot expect to be high vibe all the time. We can't expect to be positive all the time. And the law of polarity, the law of rhythm, they tell us this. Life is meant to ebb and flow, to have your ups and downs. Instead, it's more of the concept of, well, how do I separate the I, who I am, how I identify, from these emotions that I am experiencing? That way, even when this body is experiencing happiness and joy and peace, that's wonderful. But if it's experiencing grief, sadness, depression, that's also okay. Because that's not defining who I am at my core, my soul. That is only defining what my body is experiencing in this moment. And we're not trying to manifest lives that get rid of those negative emotions because they're just a part of who we are. They're a part of this experience that we're meant to have. So this is why I wanted to show up and talk about depression, anxiety, and manifestation, because it is such a taboo topic in the spiritual world. There are still people out there who will tell you that you need to handle your anxiety or handle your depression 
in order to be able to manifest the life that you want. Hell, I used to say that and believe that. And they'll say this instead of providing tools and tips that can actually help you get to where you want to be. Because people love to tell us that our depression is low vibe and taking away from the life that we want, as if we're actively choosing to feel this way. And nothing feels worse than when someone else tells you to just stop being depressed or stop being so anxious because you're manifesting more of that feeling. Great. Thank you for that. (laughs) So I hope today helps strip away some of the stigma surrounding anxiety and depression because we are greater than our circumstances. We can still manifest the lives that we want. And yes, your thoughts determine your emotions and so do your hormones. And... Here is the one thing I wish I knew years ago. How you feel about your depression is more important and more meaningful than the depression itself. How you feel about it. Do you feel shame? Do you feel sad about the depression itself? And we'll get into that a little later. You can still manifest the life you want while going through this phase. Even though I didn't always believe that you could, until I found myself in this position over and over again and had to figure it out. So that's why I'm showing up today to talk about this. And so, as I was thinking about showing up on this podcast, that was one of the things that really kept me from coming through. As I was thinking to myself, well, as this body is experiencing these negative emotions, I need to protect my listeners from that. I need to keep that energy from them. I need to show up when I am embodying the type of person, the energy that they might be trying to manifest as well. But that's also keeping you from experiencing me when I don't feel like I'm at my best and potentially relating to something that I'm going through that might help you go through it as well, which might help you progress further, faster than me. So I wanted to show up today and just talk about how I go about manifesting when this body is experiencing depression. Because I go through it, a lot of people go through it. And it doesn't have to be anything we're ashamed about. It doesn't have to be anything that says we're doing something wrong. It is a chemical or hormonal imbalance that these bodies experience sometimes. So what I really want to focus on today is how I manifest while my body is going through this. Or better said, how I can support myself through this time so that I am still progressing toward my goals even when I don't have the same energy I normally do. Because if I can focus on what truly matters while going through this experience and supporting myself in the best way that I know how, then my attention and my focus is on supporting myself. That's where my thoughts and my energy are going. Trying to find ways to help me feel good in that moment. And that's the key to continuing your progress. Not focused on the depression itself, but how I can support myself through it. And to be clear, I am not a doctor, as y'all know. And these tips are solely based on how I best support myself through my own experience. And I can't guarantee what will and will not work for you. So as always, I recommend that you speak with your own doctor before making any radical changes in your own journey. And for me, this starts with focusing on self-care. This kind of focus, supporting ourselves, is consistent with our manifestation goals, bettering a life for ourselves. 
And what better way to build a great life for ourselves than by focusing on self-care and support? Because when we support ourselves, the universe supports us. Your focus is what matters. And I recognize that this contradicts some of my past messages about your emotions being the most important driver. I still think your emotions have a part to play. But as I've dealt with my own battle with anxiety and depression over the years, my thoughts on this has changed. Your intention and your focus matters more than your emotions. What you're choosing to focus on, what you're choosing to think, that can actually help direct your emotions over time. It won't be instantaneous if you are someone dealing with the chemical imbalance, but it can help you make gradual shifts over time. So instead of focusing on how I can manifest my way out of depression or out of anxiety, I focus on how I can support myself while going through this experience. Not trying to bypass it and not feel the uncomfortable shit, but to support myself while I'm experiencing this. And the difference is subtle, but it is important. One is manifesting your way out of depression, which comes from this very masculine, get-it-done energy. Get yourself out of this. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And the other is supporting yourself through depression and through anxiety, which comes from a more feminine energy of caretaking and supporting yourself and self-care. And I find that the feminine approach helps me get through the experience faster than the masculine approach. And I know this because I tried the masculine approach for years. And I ended up masking instead of fully supporting myself. And so I repeated the cycle more often than I do now. So the biggest difference I notice whenever my body's experiencing depression or anxiety and when it's not, while I'm trying to manifest, is that my focus might be more centered on support and caretaking while other times it might be more focused on abundance and transformation or growth. It's just a subtle difference in what the focus actually is. But otherwise, how you go about manifestation remains the same. You have the same tools in your kit that you're able to utilize. It just includes a little bit more caretaking, a little bit more self-care and support for you. So this is how I continue to manifest while my body experiences depression. And while it's debated where our control actually ends and begins within our mind, I know that at least I can control how I respond to my body's depression with my thoughts. Not every day, not every minute. Sometimes you have to sit in the suck. Sometimes I have to sit on the couch and do nothing. Sometimes I just want to sit in bed and sleep. And on those days, I might let myself. I give myself permission. Maybe that's what I need to be supported that day. And on the days when I have a little bit more energy, I focus on making micro-improvements to my day, slowly pulling myself up the emotional guidance scale. And that's a lot about what we're talking about today is the things that I can do when I have a little bit more energy on those days. So with that, here are some of my tips to help you while you're struggling. The first thing I do is that I identify the feeling I'm currently experiencing. Generally, it falls anywhere from an 8 to a 14 on the emotional guidance scale. If y'all remember that, I did an episode on that. Oh gosh, I don't even remember how long ago that was. It's the Abraham Hicks emotional guidance scale. And it starts with number one, joy, and goes all the way down to desperation. And so I will actually refer back to that scale. Because for me, it helps me 
to put an identifying marker on the emotion that I'm experiencing. Because for the most part, even though my chemistry says this body is experiencing depression, I don't always feel overtly sad. That's not how my depression experiences itself. Sometimes it's a lack of motivation. Sometimes it's a lack of impulsivity. Sometimes it's just experiencing a general sense of overwhelm, hopelessness, frustration, irritation. And so I look to the guidance scale to say, okay, where exactly am I on this scale? And it changes every day. Hell, it changes every hour. (laughs) And so I'll look at that scale, and that's when I will use this to inform what I can be doing for myself to help me move forward on that scale. So that's a real-life example of how I'm utilizing the scales. When this body is experiencing depression, I'll go to the scale. And so if I'm experiencing worry, I will begin to ask myself, okay, well, where am I feeling this worry? Where does it show up in my body? This is a good somatic exercise. Where does it show up in my body? What does it look like? How does it feel? I might journal on it and say, okay, well, for me, it usually shows up in that, that heart area. I'll say, okay, well, what color is it? Okay, well, today it feels kind of orange-red. feels a little irritated. It's also very spiky, and it's putting a lot of pressure on my chest. Okay, well, where else? Is that all? Is there any more to it? Okay, well, you know what? It kind of extends out to the shoulders a little bit, and it feels like it's holding me down in a way. Okay, well, does that shape, does that feeling, does it bring up any other emotion? Does it bring up any other words or feelings or experiences or memories even? And so I just continue with that exercise and I just ask why and what. What is this? Why am I feeling that way? And it's really just about awareness of where that emotion is in the body. This is very much a somatic exercise and a mindfulness practice. And Harvard studies show that a mindfulness practice can have a huge positive effect on people whose bodies regularly experience anxiety and depression. And so once I'm experiencing where that is in my body and what it feels like, I then begin to ask myself, why am I feeling this way? What experiences or what in my reality has me feeling this way? And oftentimes I can have a whole list of things. I'm like, well, I wish this were going this way. I wish this were going this way. And I want this, this, and this to be happening. And because they're not, I feel like a fraud. Maybe I'm not good at this whole manifestation thing. And then I spiral. And that's how... I know when I'm on the right path. (laughs) So then I just become very aware and I sit with that spiral and sometimes I follow it, but it really helps me to write it all down, even as I'm spiraling, because that really helps me to get organized mentally. It helps give me clarity. So I'll write down all these things that are causing that worry. And I do this no matter what the emotion is. So I will do this for doubt, for overwhelm, for irritation, for boredom. What are all the things that are causing those emotions and where do those, how do those feel within the body? And then once I have that list down, again, it's very important for me that I write these down. Maybe you have more success saying them out loud. Awesome. For me, I need to write them down because there's something very therapeutic and there's something that changes in the energy when it goes from my head onto paper, onto physical paper in front of me that I can read. It's outside of myself. There is something very that changes within me. You can call this woo-woo, call it spiritual, <laughs> call it whatever. But there's a physical change that I can feel when I put these things on paper. And it's a sense of relief. 
could be placebo effect. I don't know, but it works for me and it works for so many that I've worked with. So I highly recommend you put these things on paper. And then I look over this list and the questions I ask myself are, do I have to do any of these things? Do any of these things need to happen for me to experience happiness? What is the worst case scenario if each one of these items doesn't happen? I know that sounds a little doom and gloom, but for whatever reason, that really helps me. As an example, if I, let's just say, let's say I'm worried about finances and I'm putting a list down and let's just say I put down worried about paying rent, worried about paying bills, worried about not being able to go back to school, whatever that list is. Then I could go through each one of them and say, okay, worried about not paying rent. Okay, so I don't pay rent. What happens? And then I follow the gloom, the doom and gloom to the very end. What's the worst possible outcome? So let's take that experience of I don't pay rent. Okay, I don't pay rent. If I had a landlord, they would probably start showing up, sending me emails, calling me, asking where the rent is. Eventually, I would be evicted or forced out, in which case my options could be to go move in with family in another city, could be to live out of the car, could be to move in with a friend. If I moved in with a friend, I could get back on my feet, maybe have an arrangement where I don't pay rent for a while and I could figure things out. Same with family. If I live out of my car, obviously that's a lot easier, but maybe not as feasible because I lose a lot more of my things. Be more difficult with a husband and a dog. Is there a scenario in which I end up completely homeless? I don't think so. And so I just keep following that rabbit trail and figuring out where does this actually take me? What is the worst case scenario for me personally? And I think in my mind, as I'm, I'm thinking about this worry and I'm worrying about each of these individual things, it's all led by fear. It's not led by love. And when it's led by fear, there's always that part of our ego that's throwing out the worst case scenarios, the what ifs. And so when I put these things on paper and I actually follow that trail and I say, okay, well, what is the worst case scenario that we're truly worried about? And then I get to the end, I'm kind of like, well, honestly, it's really not that big of a deal. Okay. So I, I move in with a friend and move in with family or I live out of the car. Okay. Yeah. That could suck, but there are still people worse off. I can see how that would be a whole new event that is stressful, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm still alive. I'm still I still have my partner and my dog and and I'm confident that we would always be able to figure out a way. We'd always be able to figure out a solution. And granted, I know that we're more privileged than others in having friends and family that I think would be there to support us and not everyone has that. But again, I'm just going it for me and my personal circumstances. I need to follow it down to the end. What is the worst possible outcome? So inevitably what ends up happening for me is that I end up handling the objections of my ego. I allow myself to see what the worst case scenario is, and then I expose it to myself. So it's not this unknown thing hiding in the corner that can be really scary. Instead, it's this thing I can bring to the forefront of my attention and decide if it's really that scary. And for 99% of the things on my list, they're not. I might even say 100% of the things on my list. We tend to assume that outcomes will be worse than they actually would be. And our ego will take this information and run with it, especially while our bodies are experiencing anxiety and depression. And it'll spiral into worst case scenarios. 
And that's why this exercise can be very powerful, very helpful, because you start to get to know the devil in the corner or whatever that expression is. It's like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know, whatever. Start to get to know that devil. And this process allows me to separate myself from the feeling of depression, which is my second tip for you. After you've identified and felt your emotions, accept your depression so that you can separate yourself from it. Your body is experiencing this feeling of depression, and your mind is experiencing this. But your soul, who you really are, is not. You are not your depression. You are not your anxiety. You are so much more than your circumstances. So do not blame yourself for this. Do not shame yourself for this. Choose to be a maternal figure to that part of you that's experiencing this state. How can you take care of that version of you? So instead of focusing on the experience of depression or shame or beating yourself up or the anxiety, instead acknowledge that this is where you are and fully accept it. There isn't anything you need to change about yourself right now. And you're completely okay. We just need to redirect your focus to other things, to self-care, to supporting yourself. There isn't anything you need to change about yourself. You are okay. So you've identified and felt the feelings, separated yourself from them, and then stepped into the role of playing nurture. Nurturer. Nurturer? Why is that word so awkward? (laughs) And this little process I've just outlined, identifying, feeling, separating, supporting, These are how I shift my focus onto taking care of myself. And this is specific to what I like to do while I'm experiencing anxiety or depression, is how can I support myself, identify, feel, and separate? It doesn't matter what order you do those things in. That is how you start to focus and shift your attention to, instead of, woe is me, I'm experiencing this emotion, everything sucks, and then that is the kind of thought pattern that leads me down to a darker, darker place and spirals. Instead, it says, okay, well, if I start to focus on what I can be doing to support myself in one of these four ways, that starts to shift my focus back toward progress, back toward manifesting the things that I want. And after that, after those four things, I then move on to the things that I normally do when I want to manifest the life that I want. And the first thing I'll do, because I think this has a direct positive impact on my body while it's experiencing anxiety and depression is meditation. Meditation is proven to help us rewire our brains and our bodies for better emotional regulation, better hormonal responses. And it has been proven to help people whose bodies suffer from anxiety and depression, not to mention all of the other fantastic benefits that meditation offers. And when my body is experiencing this state, I typically don't have a ton of motivation anyway. But it can be pretty easy to convince myself to just sit there, which I'm probably already doing, and to meditate, even if it's for three minutes. The barrier to entry for meditation is pretty low, especially if I'm already laying in bed, especially if I'm already sitting and staring at a wall. If I already lack motivation, which is my standard depressed state, then I might as well set a timer and practice mindfulness, 
since I don't have the energy to do anything else anyway. And, as you know, this will help you with your manifestation goals because it'll uplevel your state of being during the time spent in meditation. So once I've done all that, another thing that was recommended to me by by my therapist and something that is super helpful for me being someone with ADHD that has a body that experiences depression is I need to try to find something every day that gives me a little nudge, a little lift. And this is a little more specific toward depression and anxiety, but also something that I try to do even while my body's not experiencing those emotions in real time because it can be a preventative measure for me. And it has the added bonus of being great for manifestation because it makes me feel good, is I try to find things that are sparkly or spark joy or whatever your expression is. But it's all about finding something that gives me a lift. And I hesitate to use the word excitement because that's not really how it feels. Excitement to me has a little bit of a higher energy. And really what I experience when, I, when I'm when i looking for this lilt is like this, it's almost like this sliver of hope, this this sparkle, if you will, the sparkle that's with inside of you. It's like, oh, it, it's kind of like an interest, a curiosity, a slight improvement. And what that's telling me is, okay, that is something that might give me dopamine. So I'm always looking for things throughout the day that can give me dopamine because that's what I'm deficient in when this body is experiencing depression is dopamine. So once I've identified the emotions, the feelings, what I'm doing there is I'm starting to strip away the things that might be clawing me back, that might be clawing me down into the depths of my body experiencing depression. That will help me cut some of those strings so that I'm able to kind of stay somewhere in the middle. And then what the side of seeking this lilt, seeking the sparkle, seeking this dopamine is doing is it's giving me a way to sort of propel myself forward. So I've identified the things that are holding me back for the day, and then I'm looking for something that can help me propel myself further forward. And so I call this looking for something sparkly. What is something I found that is sparkly today? Again, excitement just feels like too strong of a word for me. So it's like that inner sparkle, that slight lift in your heart area is what I experience when this body's going through the feeling of depression. And finding something sparkly to add to your day is a great manifestation trick no matter what state you're in. It's finding something that sparks joy every day or each day. Something that you can look forward to or that makes you feel better than you do now. And when I say sparkly, it could be whatever gives you that slight feeling, that slight lift within your body. Something that feels even remotely interesting. Interesting might be a better way than excitement. For me, crafts, DIY projects, those are the things that I usually find sparkly. So even the act of going on Amazon and looking for little DIY hobby kits to purchase, that can be sparkly for me. That can give me that little boost of interest that takes me out of boredom, out of lack of motivation, out of irritability, out of overwhelm, whatever that feeling is that causes my body to be in that state of feeling depression. And it doesn't matter what the thing is that makes you feel sparkly. It can be a hobby, exercise, a favorite food, going on a walk, going into nature, doing something nostalgic. 
Here's a fun fact about me. I have a strong feeling of nostalgia that happens every time I make popcorn in my stir crazy, which is this little air popper from the 70s that my grandparents always used. And I'll pour butter and seasonings on it. And if I really need that dopamine boost, I might even put peanut M&Ms mixed in with it. And that is something that can consistently give me a boost when I need it. And it's something that I don't put any shame on. It brings me back to my childhood and the movie nights I used to look forward to. And maybe you have a similar experience that you can recreate to help you get that dopamine. Maybe that's what your sparkly thing is today. This week, my sparkly thing is painting by numbers. And if the dopamine runs out and I'm bored of it, sure, I might put that project up halfway through and come back to it in six months. And I'm giving myself permission to do that. It's finding what makes me feel sparkly right now. And not putting any set of requirements on myself to finish that thing. I can come back to it later. I can put this in my little DIY closet that I have and pick up another project that brings sparkles throughout the day. Find your daily sparkle and not only will you help yourself get a boost of dopamine throughout the day, but you will also help yourself feel good. That is also a byproduct of dopamine. Yes, it is needed to help bodies that experience depression and anxiety, but it's also helpful to feel good. And so when we boost our dopamine by doing something sparkly, we're benefiting our manifestation goals because we're putting us in a better state of being. We're lifting ourselves up the emotional guidance scale. I've also mentioned in the past many times dating yourself. For me, that can be a huge source of sparkliness because I can go do something that's interesting and that gives me a little bit of a lift. So whether that is something like trying ice skating or a glass blowing class, again, for me, I love experiences. That is usually the thing that makes me feel sparkly throughout the day. So just find something for you that might give you that feeling or that spark. Maybe it's playing a game that you haven't played since you were a kid. Maybe it's doing something your inner child would love to do. Maybe it's trying a new recipe Maybe it's reading a fictional book instead of nonfiction. And it could be something like watching a movie and having a proper movie night. So not just watching a movie, but making a homemade bowl of popcorn, grabbing M&Ms to throw in there. Maybe you get some OG root beer out of some glass bottles from the grocery store and you just make this like a whole thing. Maybe you even make a pallet on the floor. These are actual things that I have done when I'm seeking dopamine. And for me, it helps. It's just the idea of doing something a little differently, a little more interesting. It's finding a way to bring something sparkly to my day to give me some more dopamine throughout the day. The next thing to include in your daily practice while your body is experiencing a period of anxiety or depression is to practice positive affirmations. And I know this can be really hard when you're in the thick of depression and anxiety because You're not feeling happy. You're feeling down. You want to focus on those things. But you can start off small. They don't have to be extreme. It can be things like, I am safe and I am okay. And that is plenty to start off with when you practice your affirmations. It's the repetition of telling yourself all of the good things, no matter how simple they need to be in the beginning. Reminding yourself of the things that are going right when your brain wants to focus on what is going wrong. It's redirecting your thoughts. 
And I think this is one of the most helpful things we can do for ourselves when our body experiences states of depression or anxiety. Because when I start to spiral, I notice that my thoughts are thinking things like, I'm a failure, I'm a fraud, I don't deserve this, I'm unloved. And positive affirmations are a great way to counteract these thoughts and to begin to feel better. So even when they're hard at first, positive affirmations can be a sparkle within my day. So practice positive affirmations, even if you feel silly at first, and you will, I did, I do. And it really helps to say them out loud. When I'm overwhelmed, sometimes I just tap myself on the chest and say, I'm okay. I am safe. It is perfectly fine if none of these things happen today. And I might repeat that to myself many times. Then I breathe and I continue with what I'm doing. It can be something that you do throughout your day. It can be something you set aside time for, but just make sure you visit this exercise. The last tip that I have for you is to visualize. You may have seen this one coming. (laughs) Yes, visualize. Imagine what your life is like when you're living your best life or whatever that mantra is for you. Our creativity is where we derive our power. So get creative with the visualization exercise and allow yourself to get crazy with it. What is your life like when you're not experiencing this state? How is that version of you different? What are some things that are happening for you? Some people really struggle with visualizing internally or mentally. And if that's the case, you can practice saying it out loud. There have been many times when I'm struggling to visualize, and so I might talk out loud and say, that version of me is very happy. She has consistent seven-figure income. She is feeling joyous about the day to come. She just booked a trip to Europe for two months to escape the heat in Texas. She just, whatever, I'll talk out loud to myself and describe that life. That can be a way to use visualization if imagining within your head doesn't work for you. You could also use journaling. So either mentally focus on it, say it out loud, or journal, write it down. Any one of those things are still a visualization exercise. Just find one that works well for you and really get into the details of what that best life looks like. And again, this is one of those practices that you'd be doing for manifestation anyway. And when my body is experiencing depression, my sole job, the most important thing I can do, is to find ways to support this body, to support how I'm feeling, and to look for little ways I can help myself throughout the day. And that starts with doing the things I mentioned previously. Identify, feel, accept, separate yourself from the experience, meditate, find something sparkly, positive affirmations, and visualization. This is how I continue to keep myself on track, to manifest while my body experiences these states of anxiety or depression. Depression is temporary. We are greater than our circumstances. And the universe always has your back. Do what you can to support yourself, even if it's just giving yourself unconditional permission to stay in bed all day, or to rerun the laundry machine four times if you keep forgetting about it, or to binge Netflix, to do all of this without self-shame. Whatever you need to do to support yourself during this time, do that. This loving support is how you will keep manifesting the things you want during this time, during this state. 
The focus is taking care of you. I really hope this episode helped you in some way. And if it did, please let me know. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will catch y'all in the next episode. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. If you want to check out the show notes, head over to www.themodernmanifestation.com forward slash blog. If you're loving this podcast, please drop me a review, share this episode with a loved one, and follow me on Instagram at Modern Manifestation. I love y'all so much, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.